Hi, and welcome to the New Moms Club podcast, where we talk all things motherhood, don't take ourselves too seriously, and obviously, have a real good time. It's the New Moms Club, but for all moms, where we love to talk about being moms. Hey, New Moms Club, it is so good to be with you. We have a super exciting episode today with an awesome guest. Her name is Alicia Kirshner. Hey, everybody. She is awesome. Um, I met Alicia seven years ago. Six years ago. Six? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I met her through her husband, Ashley, who is my spiritual father. I've mentioned him before. And she's, I don't call her my spiritual mother because she's much too young and beautiful. <laughs> You're too kind. She's more my spiritual big sis. <laughs> Ashley married way up. <laughs> that's recorded now (laughs) the young hot wife (laughs) but um so yeah i've known alicia for a long time she i mean gave me the sex talk before i got married she when i had ava she was at my house every day building furniture or like helping me breastfeed or all the (laughs) random things anytime ava is sick or anything's wrong i always text her i'm like am i doing this right (laughs) she is my go-to doctor um therapist uh, everything So she is so cool and so fun, and I'm just so excited that you guys are getting to meet her today. She has a lot to offer and a lot to bring to the table, and so I'm super, super pumped. Thanks. I'm excited too. (laughs) So today we're going to talk a lot about kind of the culture of honor while you're raising your kids and kind of like how raising your kids looks like in the umbrella of the kingdom. The podcast has been learning a lot about the kingdom. We had, um, we've had several people on to teach about different topics on the kingdom. And so Alicia here is here today to just kind of expand on that, but really in a lot of practical ways, which is what I love about Alicia. She's so good at like, yes, here's the information. And then this is how you practically apply it to your life, which I'm that kind of learner. So I love that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But Alicia, whenever I first heard you talk about this was actually at a conference you taught on this, um, this kind of concept of culture of honor in parenting and in your marriage. Um, And something that you said throughout your teaching was whoever loves the most wins. And that was kind of a big point for your teaching is whoever loves the most wins. So tell me about how that came to be. Where did you learn that? What does it actually mean? All of that. Yeah. So um, one of my teachers that I like to listen to, Danny Silk. He has several books on boundaries and loving your kids on purpose and um, other great books. Um, And he talks about honor a lot Mm -hmm. in in everyday living. And so uh, I think that sometimes we miss that component of marriage. We miss that component of parenting and honor gets kind of pushed to the side. Yeah. And oftentimes we choose obedience over honor Mm -hmm. and it is important it's important for our kids and to obey us but um i feel like that we need to choose relationship before we choose obedience yeah and uh that i think could bring a lot of questions Mm -hmm. um because you know you're like well but i want my child to to listen and to obey and yes same with what Jesus, Jesus wants us to obey him, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't command it. He doesn't demand it. And he says, like, he works on relationship with Mm -hmm. us and that's his whole perspective. And so, um, I think that the, whoever loves the most wins really goes back to a culture of honor and, um, honoring as a parent to our child and our children also honoring us. And I think also times we forget both sides. Yeah. We want immediate obedience mm-hmm. and um, and we lose a component of relationship with our children when we demand immediate obedience. And there is a time and a place. If there's a fire, I need my kids to respond right yes. away. Right. Um, but I know that my kids will respond if I'm in relationship with them because mm-hmm. they know that if I say this Mm -hmm. in an extreme situation then they know oh mom's serious yeah um and so i think a lot of what the whoever loves the most wins um what does love look like like what does that look like in relationship Mm. um with our children both sides and and choosing love over an absolute you must obey right now yes 
Oh, so. I think that's so good. And hearing you say that, I think, um, you know, I relate to it a lot when you think of like past bosses that you may have had in your life or, you know, if someone who, cause I have some listeners that aren't moms yeah. and I think, you know, we can think, okay, if I've had a boss that I've loved really well, why have I loved them? Oh, it's because they pursued relationship with me mm-hmm. and they didn't just expect me to just blindly obey yeah. and just trust them because I didn't have a relationship with them, but no, they stopped and, you know, got to know me and I could then obey out of trust, you know, and, and it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this like, oh, they said I have to do this. So there we go. I'm going to do it. You know, and yeah. there is a big difference. Um, or even thinking in like how our, our parents raised us, uh-huh. you know, did I obey like in, a, in an upset way because I didn't feel like I was being heard or, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just think that's a really cool concept because I do think a lot of times we don't know how to make our kids obey us. And, yeah. And that can be kind of overwhelming because it's like, wait, how do I make you listen to me? Yeah. You know? And then you like lose power yep. and lose authority in that situation because you're trying to be authoritative. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's where choices, mm-hmm. choices are huge. And I think that... It takes a little bit of training on the parents' side yeah. to, okay, how do I give a choice? Mm-hmm. And um, and it takes a little bit of time. And I, I think when, when I spoke about this uh, in the past, uh, I had a great picture um, of, of just a simple scenario of choices and honor. Mm-hmm. And so like if I know my kids are playing and I know that we're about to have to go to the grocery store. And I, in honoring their time, I think it's important. It's mm-hmm. not just me. I get right. to go to the grocery store. Yeah, they're playing and they're having fun. So out of honor and respect for my children, I always will say we have, here's your two-minute warning. In two minutes, we're going to clean up and we're going to go to the grocery store. Or out of honor in the car, I will say, hey, we're about to go into a restaurant and this is what I expect of you. I want you to, these are the things that I think are important and this is what I expect of you. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, I think that we um, forget that side right. when we are parenting because it's so fast. It's so on to the next thing. And so just remembering that I want my children to honor me, but they will honor me when I also show them honor and respect. Right. Right. And so I give them the two minute warning mm-hmm. and then I go and do my things. And then I come back and I say, okay, two minutes is up. And then I, I have a choice already in my head. And so I'll say something like, do you want to clean up with music or without music? So they feel empowered. They get mm-hmm. to choose. But the, it's one of the choice. One of the two choices are what I want. Right. And so sometimes they'll say, I'm not cleaning up. And you can offer the, the choice again. I understand. But are you going to clean up with music or without music? And if they give you the same, I'm not cleaning up, then you can say, okay, well, either you can choose one of those two choices or I'll have to choose for you. Yeah. So I'm still giving them choices. I'm still giving them where they feel like they are validated, that right. they have a, a, a voice. Yeah. And then if they, again, choose to not clean up, um, then my choice is... I help them with a consequence. Yeah. Um, And so, but that first time trying it, you're probably not going to the grocery store for at least another half hour Um, (laughs) because because they have to learn, oh, wait, I get a choice. And once they learn that they have a voice and they get a choice, then they will start choosing your choices. Yeah. It's just training that them and honoring them and showing I honor you and you get to honor me in return. Yeah. No, I, I think that's awesome. I actually remember you saying that um, or saying the part when, you know, you're going into a restaurant, you explain to them, like, this is how we act in a restaurant. This is what I expect of you and mm-hmm. all of that. I remember you saying that whenever I heard this teaching and I do that with Ava already. <laughs> like, yeah, it's important. Just because I feel like, you know, she'll always, she'll never be like, oh, this is the first time my mom did this. You know, it'll mm-hmm. just be normal for her. You know, and I just am practicing myself to remember. So when we go into a new situation, I was like, okay, Ava, we're going to go to this friend's house. And, you know, they have a puppy and you love puppies. So we're going to play with the puppy or, you know, and I just kind of walk her through all of that. And I mean, obviously right now she can't understand any of it, but I just feel like it's practice for me. Yeah. Because I loved when you said that, because a lot of times we don't think to do that as parents. Mm -hmm. So then you like 
your kid walks into the situation that they don't know how to act in and then they act a way that is maybe inappropriate and then we get mad at them and yeah. it's like wait hold on i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know yeah and i think i think our babies probably understand way more than we give them credit for yeah you're right for sure <laughs> so it's important yeah at this age i mean the day that we came home from the hospital i introduced the kids to the house we mm. walked through the rooms mm-hmm. and they can't comprehend but it's still it's just communicating and honor and yeah Hey, here, welcome. Uh, and I think that, like I said, we we don't give our kids enough credit in what they really are comprehending because yeah. they're comprehending a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think us communicating our heart and our intentions and our expectations, even to this day. Uh, I mean, I have three kids. Um, one, I have a 16 year old daughter, a 14 year old son and an eight year old son. And so we're kind of out of the, the, the toddler, mm-hmm. um, stage, but even to this day, I still give choices yeah. and give them an opportunity to voice, you know, their in honor, get mm-hmm. their, their feelings or their emotions. And so I just think that retraining our brain to, to live in a culture of honor, um, yeah across the board. Yeah. And I love that one of the ways that you've taught your kids that is you've also taught them how to problem solve. You don't fix everything. Yeah. And so walk me through how you do that. What what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at a young age, uh, we were in, in a world where they were doing a lot of um, choices and problem solving. And so we got the opportunity to learn that. Uh, and so a kid, one of my kids would come and tattle and say, hey, so-and-so's doing this. And my first response was, oh, no, what are you going to do? <laughs> and um, and kids are look at you like, you're not going to fix my problem? Yeah. <laughs> and now you don't just leave them high and dry, mm-hmm. but you make them think, wow, that's a problem. W- what are you going to do? And if they just look at you like they're completely lost, then you start to give options. Yeah. Um, again, honor, honor, honor. Uh-huh. And so well, would you like me to help you come up with a couple things or would you like to go talk to them and see if that makes it better? Giving choices, asking questions, ask questions until, yeah, until the deathbed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, truly, because that's the one thing, even with my teenagers, I'm constantly, there's an open line of communication and, um, and I don't know everything about their life. I know that, but they do feel comfortable to have conversations with me. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's because we've had, we've asked questions and we've been engaged. Um, so a kid comes and tattles and my first, Oh no, what are you going to do? They look at me cross-eyed and they start tattling again. I ask the question one more time. Wow. That sounds like a pretty big deal. How are you going to handle that? Yeah. Um, and they begin, even neighbor kids, when they would come over and tattle, um, they would look at me like I, like I was crazy. <laughs> um, but then they realized, oh, you're not going to just fix my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would go back and resolve it. We yeah. have, our kids have amazing problem solving skills. Yeah. If they have the opportunity to to use them, yeah. Um, and so I would offer suggestions or ideas and in, in how they could work things out. But I wouldn't just swoop in there and say, "Let me fix this," uh, because then they don't have those problem solving skills at an older age. Yeah. So that's just a a fun little scenario of yeah. just asking questions and giving them an opportunity to fix the problem. Yeah. Um, but being available. Uh, yeah. I think that if you're engaged, then you have to be engaged. You can't yeah. just be like, sorry about you. Yeah. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Um, be present and engaged, but give them the opportunity to try to solve the problem. Yeah. And, and Avon, my youngest, he genuinely, he'll go and hang out with younger kids, um, like in the neighborhood. And I had a mom yesterday, mm. uh, I was like, Hey, how'd they play? Cause they were together most of the day playing. And she was like, they get along so great. And even if they argue, I'll listen and, and they'll work it out. <laughs> and, and that's just because he's given an opportunity to have problem solving skills. Yeah. So 
That's so good. I think that is so important because I remember as a kid, I wanted my mom to swoop in and save all my problems. You know? Yeah, so, that's the easy, easy thing to do. And so it's nice to, to empower your kids to get to make those decisions and all that. But I also recognize that some moms may be listening and be like, oh, it's kind of scary to trust my kid to make that decision and to kind of have that freedom to make a choice and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say to that mom that's kind of like, I don't know. And I, I mean, I think that's a legit question. Um, I I would go back to our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And I, I think it goes back to um, even the, the garden. Yeah. Um, we were given a choice at mm-hmm. the beginning of time. And the, the tree was not hidden. Right. It was right smack dab in the middle of the garden. Yeah. And we had a choice to choose. Um, to eat from that fruit or to not. And I think across the board, the the Lord gives us choices. We get to choose to follow him. And if we didn't have that choice, then it wouldn't be as much of a sacrifice. It wouldn't be as much of a gift. Mm. Lord, I'm going to lay everything down and I'm going to choose you. Yeah. And so um, I think that it's important to bring it back to that because that's what what the Lord does for us. And so for our kids, we are empowering them. Mm -hmm. The world is scary. It's crazy. But, uh, and I, one of my kids, um, I remember he had, he was kind of distant for a couple of days, really standoffish when he was younger. And I felt like there was something going on. Mm. So I kind of pried just a little bit. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then finally he just broke. And, um, and he had, he had, I don't even remember what it was, but he had made a bad choice and it was eating him alive. Mm. And, um, and so he just was sobbing and he was like, I did this and, and I didn't know I shouldn't, I didn't know if I could come to you. And another thing I think is so powerful, um, in our house, at any age, if if a child makes a mistake, big or small, if my child comes to me and said, hey, mom, I, I cheated on a test or, hey, I took this or whatever it is, if they come to me and say, this is what I did, then they don't get in trouble. Hmm. Um, there are sometimes natural consequences yes. to that, but they will not get punished at our house mm. if they come and say, I made a big mistake. Mm. Because again, that's that communication thing. And it's yeah. that part of what Papa would do for yeah. us. Yeah. And we come to him, we're broken, we make mistakes, and he embraces us mm-hmm. and says, I love you. We're going to make this right. Yeah. And so with my son, he had made whatever choice he made. And I looked at him and I said, I want you to make mistakes when you're under my roof. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? And I said, yes, because that's how you learn. That's how you yeah. grow. That's how you become better yep. is making mistakes and then growing and learning from them. And so if my kids hide every mistake because they know that they're going to get in trouble, I think that it's just, it's it's not how the father created right. us to live yes. and even to parent, I believe. Yeah. So sorry, that was a little bunny trail. But no, that's good. I think that... Um, so my son came to me, he said that he made a mistake and we just walked through it mm-hmm. and he, he realized, oh, I can, I can talk to my parents yeah. about my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and even to this day, um, my teenage kids will call me and say, ah, um, my daughter, she got pulled over. Um, oh, and, and I was the very first phone call that yeah. she made. Um, she didn't get a ticket, which was great, but a lot of kids like had that, had she hidden that from me and I found out from someone else, she would have had a huge consequence. Right. So it's the hiding, it's the sneaking, it's the deception mm-hmm. that I feel like as parents, we need to watch for that. Mm-hmm. But the little mistakes, we use those as teaching opportunities to yeah. become stronger and to, to learn from that mm-hmm. and to not punish for if they're honest and forthcoming, yeah. then, um, then they don't get punished at home. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so good. And I think it, you know, releases things from being kind of like a controlling nature Mm because I think we may 
feel the need to control things to make sure our kids look perfect to really it just being about the freedom and the choice you know the the freedom that there isn't a choice yeah um which like you said is exactly what god does for us is he doesn't control us we yeah. have free will you know and and he's with us when we make mistakes and when we don't mm-hmm. and he celebrates the victories and he mourns with us when we are sad yeah and so yeah. i really appreciate that perspective because i think it's I mean, even with me, Ava's 11 months old, but I am, she's starting to get to the point where I'm I'm like, no, you can't do that. Or, Uh you know, Uh we got to be careful, this and that. And and I'm already feeling the tension of like, uh oh, like, how do I (laughs) do this? Yes. And, and so I can understand how overwhelming it may seem to moms who who are like, my kid does not listen to me and, and all of that. And and I think sometimes it can be even infuriating. I know one time I was putting Ava down for a nap. Well, a lot of times, actually. I'm uh-huh. putting her down for a nap, and she is a really strong baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Physically strong, I think, mentally strong, all of that. And so she was just determined that she was not going to go down for her nap. And she's, like, f- physically fighting me. Uh-huh. She's slapping me. She's doing all sorts of things. And... Then finally, once I'm, you know, obviously not giving up, she grabs her pacifier and she chunks it across the room. (laughs) And I just was like, I just looked at her like just in disbelief Uh because this happened. She was like, I think nine and a half months old. And I was like, really? We're there already? Like, Uh oh, my goodness. And so (laughs) I just kind of look at her and then I was just like, oh, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Like, Uh (laughs) yes, like what in the world? And so (laughs) walk me through like when you're kind of flustered as a mom or maybe even angry as a mom how do you parent out of that situation in honor yeah yeah so um we are are across the board is deliberate disobedience um will have a pretty severe consequence and so that i mean and to each his own i know parenting is very different for everybody but um we this is this can be challenging um, because we would spank, but you could, but we never ever ever when we were angry or frustrated, mm. we wouldn't even be in the same room. Mm. And so, and every I got angry, I got frustrated. Yeah, all of those things happened. But the it, I would tell my kid, even at young age, if they were deliberately disobedient, mm-hmm. I would pretend to be calm. Because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're looking for a reaction. They're yeah. trying to push the button. Um, we have a couple one-liners like, oh, that's a bummer. Oh. <laughs> um, and and when, even to this day, when when our kids, when I say, oh, that's a bummer, which I don't use it very much with my teenagers, but when they were all young and they knew yeah. if I said that's a bummer, that means that a consequence was coming. Oh, it was and a so trigger word. <laughs> it is. And there's, and there's always like... I would say get a few one-liners, yeah, and that's for your sanity, so yeah. that you can be like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe they just did that." Yeah. So my response is going to be, "Oh, that's a bummer." Yeah, so that you don't explode, right? Um, and so they know, "Oh, mom's serious." Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing is consistency, consistency, consistency from yeah. both mom and dad. Yeah, and I think that that's probably um, one of the hardest parts um Mm -hmm. dad is gone all day he doesn't want to come home and discipline right um so there's a balance with that too but um consistency and then like if you're really frustrated i would always say i'm gonna need you to go sit in your room and i've always been just really open and honest and i would say i'm so frustrated with you right now Mm. that it's better that that you get a break and i get a break um and, and I would just like, you're, it's really frustrating yeah. what's happening right now yeah. and I need to take a breather. Yeah. And I think it's important that we set those boundaries, like mm-hmm. step away for a minute, yeah. um, take a couple deep breaths. And then I would go in and I would have as level conversation as I can. Hey, and I know that you at eight months old can't really converse with your child. So it'll look a little bit different mm-hmm. the older they get. Um, but I mean, there would, ta- there would be times that I would just find a safe place for them to go and sit and I would just step away Yeah, uh, because I never, ever want a parent out of anger Yeah, um, because that it's not, it's not biblical. It's yeah. not helpful. And I didn't do it perfect. We didn't do it perfect. Yeah. Um, but to be intentional of, I am so angry right now. 
I have to step away. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, I think that that's a important part of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, being transparent. I'm so frustrated. Mm. Um, and I need a minute to, to not be so frustrated before yeah. we can talk. And yeah. so instead of just saying, just go to your room, yeah. um, like letting them know, Hey, this is important. Yeah. Um, and so coming up with a few one-liners, yeah. uh, Danny Silk, again, he's, he's kind of a love and logic, loving your kids on purpose. That's the book that I, um, base a lot of this on. He does a lot of it for foster. Mm. And so, um, I think in the foster situations, you have to parent a little bit different. Mm. Um, and so I love that he's the one that talks about choices and then a couple one-liners and then just stepping away and getting your, stuff together. Um, and you can't exactly give, are you going to take a nap or not take a nap? Yeah. So you have to find that the balance of overtaking a nap. Yeah. Um, but just position your heart. And honestly, I know that like having quiet time at this stage of the game can be really, really challenging. And I think a lot of, I felt mom guilt all the time because I wasn't able to get up in the morning and have my cup of coffee and my quiet time. Yeah. um, and I, we were in a ministry at this time when I was having young kids and life was just crazy. And so what I would do is like, while I was washing dishes, yeah, I would, um, put a couple scriptures in front of me and I would just read those scriptures yeah. or I would just put worship music on really quietly behind me. Um, like it, it's going to look a little bit different for each stage of, yeah. of momhood, motherhood. Yes. Um, and to give yourself grace and to not beat yourself up over getting really frustrated because they're not going to take a nap. Um, and yes, they will eventually take a nap, but if you have to step away for a second, you're not a bad mom. Yeah. Um, but I would do that over getting really frustrated too. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, I think that's really good. Yeah. Well, because, you know, the first few times it happened, I was (laughs) just would laugh Uh I'm like, this is so funny. But then like, you know, now that she's older and it's been like three months of sometimes her fighting me really hard on naps. Yes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have, this is a place with the Lord that I'm going to need to like <laughs> yeah, work on because I'm very like justice oriented and like black and white with what's right and wrong. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> you can't, you can't throw your patsy across the room. <laughs> That's not how we act. <laughs> right. Right. Which again, your attitude makes a big difference in how you respond um they in marriage seminars that we've been a part of they talk about responding and reacting Mm. and i think that that's important um in parenting and in marriage um instead of reacting to your spouse or reacting to your child get a posture of i'm going to respond to this in love yeah and um and that's hard when you're sleep deprived and yes i just say give yourself abundance of grace too in this season but just it's just goes back to honor yeah and 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 identity like knowing who you are knowing who you are in the lord knowing that your child is loved by the father and we're gonna we're gonna make it through yeah i mean i've got teenage kids that love jesus and they're walking with jesus yeah and so something we're not done yet we're still full-on parenting but yeah. there's movement in that direction yeah for sure no i love that i love that and i love that like you've taught your kids how to have healthy relationships like with you guys mm-hmm. and they're very open and all of that um did you have to teach them how to have healthy relationships with their peers or was that something they kind of naturally were able to model because of what you had in your home i think the bit like having choices and um problem solving skills i think that it was an a natural uh, it would roll over into friendships. Mm. Uh, I mean, now there were some that were out of the box, out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, and that was where the open communication was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really, for the most part, have done well at friendships. And yeah. I really would um, attribute a lot of that to the choices that, you know, they had to learn how to problem solve. And um, uh, we used to have a thing when I was younger called peer mediation. Hmm. And that was just kids trying to solve other kids' problems. And yeah. that, I mean, peers are great in yeah. in that. Yes. It's important that, that they have that. So mm-hmm. I would say that a lot of it just naturally yeah. happened um, because of what was example like what the example at home yeah. was man well i th- i think that probably is very comforting to hear for a lot of people because 
you know, I think that especially in this day and age, there's just so much going on in the world mm-hmm. and so much going on at school and all of that, that I think it can be easy to be overwhelmed by like, oh no, who's my kid going to talk to? Like, what are they going to look at on their phone and mm-hmm. all of this? But to know that like, okay, if I model in my home, yeah, what thing, how we are supposed to act, how we treat people, all of that, that it will, you know, it will carry over yeah. into other areas of their life. And, and it, it, it's it's good. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's God's taking care of the rest. You know, we do our part and he's going to take care of the yeah. rest. Yeah. And we talk a lot about be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because that, that was one of my questions. Um, because it, I feel like right now with things being so crazy, it's mm-hmm. kind of become like the, I don't want to say the thing to do, but I know that there's just a lot of, um, I also don't know if I want to use the word fear, but there's just so much going on that I think right now Christian families are really bringing everything into the home and stepping away from the more public entities. So like school and all of that is turning into homeschool Mm -hmm. and, you know, church used to be like big church situation, but now we're just going to be at home. And I think we have COVID to thank for a lot of that in a good way. Like um, COVID taught us how important it is to to be a family, to yeah. be home and to not be so distracted by everything, which I think is so valuable. And I think there are some people that like have genuinely moved to homeschooling because it's like, no, I am passionate about teaching my kid to yeah. to learn and all of this. And they're, they're doing it out of a place that's healthy. But I, I have seen also the pattern of like, I'm so afraid of the world mm-hmm. that I'm going to try to protect my kid from it by bringing them home. But you guys have not done that. Your kids are still in public school. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as I know, you have absolutely no intention of ever homeschooling. So walk me through how that decision has been right for your family. Yeah. And why you feel confident in it. Yeah. So I think a lot of it has to do with our kids' personalities. Um, They are um, bold. Mm -hmm. They're very social. And so it would almost, for them, it would almost be a punishment to keep them home. Yeah. Yeah. and so there is that personality side too, but um, I mean, from a young age, we've we've talked about we were supposed to be in the world but not of the world, mm-hmm. and what does that look like? And um, I mean, my kids are involved in theater and extracurricular, and I mean, it's all worldly per right. se. Um, and, and I think my middle is a, he's a justice kid and he's a very black and white, right from wrong, right and wrong. He is that, and he's in high school now. And I knew that it would be eye opening for him, mm-hmm. but because of the open line of communication, uh, we've been kind of able to navigate some of that. And, uh, I mean, even with phones and what they see and, uh, one of the things just, communicating yeah. communicating is so big yeah. and and again it's partly personality but um i have told my middle like hey you need to know that what what's on the computers like things that you i don't want you to see you can never unsee them yeah and just painting that picture of this is a big deal mm-hmm. and i would love more than anything to keep you in a bubble um, yeah. and protect you yeah. from what's out there. Yeah. But that's not that's not what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's a leader. He's a called leader. Yeah. And so um, I, I have just been over-communicative as far as, uh, I mean, I'm going to protect you as much as I can, but at the same time, you're going to be put in situations that you're going to have to choose right from wrong. Yeah, and, that's good. And I need to know, I need you to know that I trust you, and I need you to know that, that if you fall short, I'm here and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. Um, but just talking about here's here's my fear. Here's yeah. my fear that I don't want you to ever see something you're not supposed to see because it's there forever. Yeah. Um, and yet God is a God of redemption too. Right. So we pay, you have to, you know, find that balance. Um, but he has said, Mom, I don't I don't want to see it. I don't mm-hmm. want to be a part of whatever. Yeah. Um and and so I'm, I have relationship with my kids. Yeah. And so I think that that starting now, if you have young children, start now, communicate with them, have an open line of communication. And if you don't have it, be available and don't be judgy. Yeah. Um, and um, 
and let them know like I raising teenagers is completely different than toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and I've told my kids a thousand times, I don't I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Um I'm just trying to we're just trying to figure this out yeah. as we do this. Yeah. And they see that we're we're figuring it out and we're honest and we're transparent and you know, how late do I stay out? Who do I hang out with? How much do you communicate? Yeah. Those are all things that every parent asks. Right. But being real and just saying, I'm not a hundred, this is a different world than what I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try this, but if it doesn't work, then we might revisit it and say, let's, let's do it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's different for each kid, I think. Because uh, we will raise, we're raising our 16-year-old different than we're raising our 14-year-old to some degree yeah. um, because of personality and birth order and all of those things. Yeah. But, um, and really at the end of the day, it really goes back to love mm-hmm. and us showing love mm-hmm. to the world and yeah. us saying, if you are going to walk in sin mm-hmm. and you're going to openly walk in sin, one of their friends, I have, they've got a couple friends that are not believers Mm -hmm. and um my middle wants to fix them um in compassion he's like but but you could be better (laughs) um and my oldest is like quit trying to fix them yeah just let them just show them love yeah um and so i think that that's you know the balance for us specifically is i'm gonna love and i'm gonna show you what love looks like right and i'm gonna show you what walking with the lord looks like and -hmm. if you want to jump on you're more than welcome. Yeah. Um, but to not judge and to not condemn, mm-hmm. um, but to just be in the world, but yeah. not of the world. Yeah. I just so appreciate that perspective because I think even for me, as I've been hearing of things going on in schools and all that, I'm like, oh no, am I going to have to homeschool? And like, and not even like an, oh no, like I would do it gladly yeah. if that's what the Lord called me to do. Um, but also just being like, I don't want to be afraid, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't want to do it out of fear. Yeah. But also feeling the weight of like, I loved going to school. Like mm-hmm. I want, if if Ava can have that opportunity, I want that for her. Yeah. You know, I, I just loved everything about it. I loved being involved in extracurriculars mm-hmm. and being with friends and, and all of that. And so, so I love that there are, you know, people that recognize that things are gross sometimes Mm -hmm. and you know the world is dirty and all of that but if we are really raising our kids with the convictions that they have you know they can go into school and be confident and be the light yeah because then also if they're not then who is yeah you know and so i think it's different for every kid there are definitely some that probably need to be home yeah you know and need to be like protected from certain things just because of things that they've walked through or the family has walked through all of that but if your kid is a kid that can handle going to school they want to go to school all of that I think it's so cool that like they can be the people that God uses to bring light into the situation or even to change Mm -hmm. the situation and so I really appreciate that perspective that you have and I also want to go back a little bit when you said you know you're never going to unsee something that you're not supposed to see that like took me right back to a situation i was in the second grade Uh (laughs) and um the movie beetlejuice had just come out and so it was like all over disney channel that stuff and so i was watching tv one day and i think it just came on like and i didn't know what i was watching and my mom came in she was like what are you watching i was like i don't know it was just kind of playing and she's like you're not gonna watch this like this is not okay we're not gonna watch this movie and i said okay yeah no problem because i mean my parents were pretty strict with what we watched yeah like we weren't even allowed to watch Dragon Tales because it was like magic and dragons, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We were very much so protected with what we watched. Um, But then I remember being at a birthday party not too long after that. And it was my friend Alyssa's birthday party. And, Uh you know, I just, she just felt so cool. And I was like... I I guess, man, I guess this is a problem of mine. I've now talked about it in a few podcasts of feeling like my friends are way cooler than me. But anyway, I felt like she was super cool and I didn't really, you know, fit in with her gang. And so anyway, we're at the birthday party and they were like, oh, let's watch Beetlejuice. And everyone's like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. And then her, her dad came in and said, I don't think Lonnie's allowed to watch those kinds of movies. And I was like, oh no it's fine it's okay my mom said it was fine because like i didn't want to be the reason that they didn't watch this movie Uh because i like already felt like the loser at the party right 
And so then it started and I like panicked because I'm also a rule follower, you know, and so like lying was not something that was normal for me. So I'm like panicking that I lied and then panicking that I'm watching this movie. And I think eventually I just start crying and just like leave the party and go home. (laughs) And so, and she lived like down the street. So I I walked home and I came home and I didn't say anything to my mom. And I was like, I think I'm just going to go, you know, take a bath and go to bed and she's like okay did you have fun I was like yeah so then I'm just in bed and just like replaying the scary things that I had seen in the movie and I just start bawling and finally my mom comes into my room she said what's going on like why are you so upset and I was like mom I'm so sorry but I watched this movie after you said I wasn't wasn't allowed to watch it but mom like when am I gonna forget these things that I saw they're so scary I just want to forget them I want to forget them and she looked at me so lovingly but also with a little smirk on her face uh-huh. and she said never baby <laughs> <laughs> she was like that's why we don't watch these things she said you're never gonna forget and yeah. i was like oh man you know <laughs> <laughs> it stuck with you though didn't it, it? Did. <laughs> i was like however old you are in second grade eight i don't know yeah and i was like oh no this is the worst day of my life <laughs> but that was a lesson i learned and i will never unlearn it it's true it's true and god is a god of redemption and all of those things but i don't remember the scene anymore but right right but it's it's in there but like i think someone like i think beetlejuice is like they're remaking it or something like that it came Uh like i saw an article the other day and i was like oh heck no i'm not watching that It's still in there, like, oh, absolutely not. That's funny. <laughs> no, I, I, so I really appreciate all of that, all that you, um, that you've said. I think too, um, we talked a lot about like honoring, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how you honor your kids with your words. Yes. Um, and what that looks like, and just kind of some practical examples, if you could give about, you know, how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. And so really, we're either speaking life or we're speaking death. And I know that that's, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so true. And I think that we don't always realize what is coming out of our mouth. Yeah. And so I, we, we go as far as, I mean, like no name calling at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, and I don't mean it to be religious, um, like a bad religious thing, but I want to be intentional mm-hmm. about what I'm speaking. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, nicknames that have a really negative, uh, impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I lean against, or I, you know, I kind of stay away from those, steer away from those, um, just because, um, it's important. It's yeah. important what we say. It's important how we address our mm-hmm. spouse, how we address our children, and just in general. And so, um, yeah, the the life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's really big that we call our kids up. Yeah, and and even you know if if you're dealing with. A, a child that is just constantly throwing fits, that is um, throwing themselves on the ground. Um, they talk about calling things that are not as though they are, mm-hmm. and and speaking the opposite yeah. into our children or into a situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that we were helping. Um, we were in Kansas City at the House of Prayer, and uh, we were helping with the the prophetic rooms. And this guy was. Like he saw this picture over his head and he saw um, uh, greed. Hmm. And he was like, I can't tell the guy that he's greedy. Yeah. And so he felt like the Lord said, tell him that he's an extravagant giver in the kingdom. Yeah. And so he tells this guy, you're an extravagant giver in the kingdom. And the guy went, what? And he was like, I kind of thought I was kind of (laughs) greedy. But what happened from that point on yeah. is he began to give and yeah. he began to be very generous. Yeah. And so that's a powerful word, uh-huh. meaning I'm going to encourage this guy. Yeah, maybe he really is greedy. Yeah. Maybe our kids really are sassy or selfish yeah. or whatever. Maybe they yeah. are. But if I could say, 
I love to, I love it when I see you give a toy to your sibling. Yeah. Um, even if it's very, very rare, like if it yeah. doesn't happen very often, but just calling out those good things and yeah. saying, acknowledging them. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I remember when our kids were younger, they would get in the car after school and they would just complain nonstop. Yeah. And to the point where I was like, no. No, 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 we're done. <laughs> and so I said, well, tell me something good about your day. And no yeah. one could say anything good about their day. They only could complain and yeah. tell us all the negative things. And so I challenged the kids to, okay, tomorrow when you go to school, I want you to get in the car and tell me one good thing about your day. Yeah. And um, so I pick them up. Hey, tell me one good thing. And silence. There was not <laughs> one thing that they could come up with. Yeah. So then the next day I said, so... At, at that night before bed, hey, I need you to remember, I want you to find one good thing about your day tomorrow. Um, and so the next day I pick them up and con- silence for a little bit. I really liked recess. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> We're making progress here. Lunch was good. L- lunch was good. Exactly. That was the next one, I'm sure. Um, but then every day beyond that, they found all these great things about their day. Yeah. And so um, I think the the life and death and the power of the tongue and how how we view our our day, how we yeah. view things, the lenses that we look through. Yeah. And so when I asked my kids to focus on find one good thing, just one, mm-hmm. um, I think even with our kids that are driving us bonkers, okay, Lord, what's one good thing? Yeah. What was one good thing about today? Yeah. <laughs> I think even as parents, we need yeah. to be intentional to view our day, our situations through the lens of, okay, what's something good? Yeah. Um, because he is good and he's present and he's with us. And, um, and so speaking and seeing mm-hmm. become more common. Yeah. Um, and it's hard in the thick of it. It's hard yeah. to find those things, but it's important yes. that we focus on on those things. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it just helps us be more thankful too. And yeah. Grateful for things cuz I th- I consider myself pr- like a pretty pessimistic person, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I'm naturally pessimistic <laughs> if, and I've had to kind of retrain my brain to be thankful. Yeah. And John's always like, "Okay, but like what can we be thankful for?" <laughs> And so, like, now, whenever my brain's going to those places, I'm like, okay, but I can be thankful for this today, and it is a good win. Uh And so there are some days where it's just like, well, I ate food, and I have clothes, and I have a bed. Thanks, God. You know, like, it's the bare minimum, but we're still grateful. Recess was good. Those are big (laughs) things that we can be thankful for, you know, and not take for granted. So, yeah. anyway, so, yeah, I really appreciate that, and you saying that and just teaching the, our kids how to walk in it, you know? And yeah. And we can keep have our kids keep us accountable too. Yeah. Because that's true. they will remember. They'll mm-hmm. remember, mom, you said, we, we have to say positive things or mom, you said. <laughs> um, and so um, I give my kids opportunities too to push back a little bit. Yeah. Or remind me, hey, mom, remember. Yeah. It kind of hurts and stings a little bit. Remember stupid is a bad word. Uh (laughs) Don't, don't name call. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Well, I think I've gone through all the questions I had for you. Is there anything that you have that you feel like you're supposed to add or any extra tidbit of wisdom or anything? I mean, I think that we're kind of hard on ourselves as moms. And I think it's important that we give ourselves some grace. Yeah. Um, and just remember that one of my friends is a counselor and she she said, oh, every every child's going to have to get counseling at some form in their life. <laughs> We're going to do our best. And any way, she, you know, like, yeah. hey, give me counsel in this. Yeah. Um, and so also apparently my mom yelled our entire childhood okay. at us. Uh-huh. And I have two other siblings and not one of us remembers that. Really? So moms remember that it's crazy because we, I mean, I, none of us can remember that she would yell at us. Huh. Because, um, I mean, she probably didn't do it near as much as she thinks she did. Yeah. But just give yourself grace. Yeah. And, um, and know that they're going to remember the good things. Yeah. They're going to remember the 
the times that we sit with them, the times that we encourage them, the times that we, you know, clean up their knee when they scrape it. Yeah. Um, because that's just, that's, that's a natural instinct is to remember yeah. those things. Yeah. And for us as, as moms to not dwell yeah. on the, the bad days, the hard days. Yeah. Um, and to remember that love will take us a long ways. Yeah. Love and honor. And that we can learn that. And mm-hmm. we, and even if it's a slow process, that we yeah. can learn how to love um, because love does win. Yes. And um, both and, and both with kids and with parents and in yeah. marriage and in yeah. every way um, to not beat yourself up over yeah. those hard days and know that they're going to they're going to turn out and they're going to love Jesus and pray that that's an important part of their yeah. adulthood. Yeah. Um, and to just give yourself grace as you yeah. navigate momhood. Yes. We're our own worst critic. We are yeah. in every way, shape and form. Yeah. Well, I love that so much. Um, you kind of referenced a, few, a couple books, um, during the podcast. Yeah. And so I just want to say them in case anybody wants to read them. So it's Loving Your Kids on Purpose, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Which is by Danny Silk. Yep. And then Culture of Honor, which is also by Danny Silk. Yeah. Is there Are there any other books or anything that you've read or resources that you've read that have been helpful? Those have been my main yeah. go-to. Um, Sean Boltz has a book um, for kids, and it's kind of raising powerful Hmm. powerful godly kids um and the name just left me but his his kids book is okay i'll look it up they have it they have it they have a kid version and Mm -hmm. they have an adult version so kids can actually go through a study and um gosh i can't can't remember the name of it but i would yeah okay if you can post it somewhere because it's really great if a parent is like just give me something that i can we can do this together okay um it's very hands-on the other ones are for danny silk's loving your kids on purpose is probably younger kids Mm -hmm. not so much the older kids um it's great getting started yeah and um yeah so those are the the biggest ones that i would say Awesome. Yeah, I, I like to give recommendations if people want to do further learning and all that because I, I like having those myself. Yes. So thank you for sharing them and thank you for sharing everything that you did today and all the wisdom that you brought. And I know that when I like first heard you talk about all these things, it was just like a what? My brain is exploding <laughs> kind of thing. And so I'm sure that is the experience that a lot of the moms are having because it's like, what you're teaching is so simple and it's just like, yeah, it's the gospel. Like this should, why, but why have I never thought of it this way? Yeah. You know, like it feels so natural and so right. But at the same time, it's like our brains just overcomplicate things. Yes. And so, yeah. So I just so appreciate what you brought today and I think it's going to bless a whole lot of moms. So thank you so yeah. much and thanks for being here. Thanks and, for the opportunity. Oh yeah. Anytime. I'm sure we'll have you back. <laughs> <laughs> But um, again, thanks so much. And thank you, New Moms Club, for being here. Such a joy as always. So I'll see you next week at the New Moms Club.